So, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the message this morning. We're still in our flannel board uh, stories uh, series. Um, We are going to be talking this morning about Jonah. Jonah is obviously one of those stories that so many people know about. Uh, I think if you uh, ask people, you know, who's the guy that got swallowed by the fish or the whale, that most people would say, well, that was a guy named Jonah. But as we've been doing, as we've been looking at, I believe that there's some things here that we could look at. There's some fresh revelation. There's some fresh ideas that God wants to share with us about this story that so many of us have heard before. So if you have your Bibles. We're going to be in Jonah. There's actually four chapters in Jonah. We're going to be actually in all four. And as we've been doing, we're not going to go into great depth as far as reading every little thing that takes place in the story. We're going to kind of hit some of the highlights to kind of give you an idea of the story of Jonah. And then we're going to see some things that I believe that God has laid on my heart to share with you about this ancient story. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity to to join together. Together, even though we're separated uh, by distance, um, we, we, we're still together, Father, in spirit. We're still together as a family this morning as we look at these things together. So, Father, I pray that you would just help me to communicate, that you would just put the words in my mouth so that, God, that you can change lives. Because my words, they're not going to change anything. But, God, your power, your words, your spirit is what does it. And so, God, we need that. We, we lean on you and I lean on you to help us in this moment and in this time. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's just tell the story of Jonah. We're going to start in Jonah chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And so this is what we find. This is obviously the very beginning of the story. And it says this. God is now speaking to Jonah. It says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its peoples are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Now, just so you understand kind of the map and kind of how this works, Tarshish and Nineveh were basically on the other side of the world. To basically get away from Nineveh, Jonah doesn't just kind of get away. He goes as far as he possibly can in the opposite direction. So basically here, obviously, God has said, listen, I see the wickedness of these people. I want to be able to go to them and warn them that I am going to destroy these people unless they repent. And so he sends Jonah, who's a prophet, to go and tell the people this message. And Jonah goes the opposite way. He basically decides, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go the opposite way. He goes to a port city to go as far away as possible. Now, let's go ahead and continue on with our story in Jonah 1.4. It says this, so he gets on the ship and, and he starts heading towards Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So God sends a storm to, to basically get Jonah's attention, basically, to have this happen. Now, let's jump down. There's some things we're, we're skipping here. But again, it's not extremely important to the story that we're going to be telling this morning. But let's go to Jonah 1.11. It says this. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? So let me, let me kind of remind you of a little part of this. So basically the storm comes, the sailors, they are freaking out. They're going, oh my goodness, this is not a good situation. They, they, they ask Jonah what's going on. Jonah explains to them that basically he's a prophet of God and that he's running away from God. And so they say, what do we need to do to stop this storm? What do we need to do to keep this from happening? And so this is what Jonah's response is to them. He says, Throw me into the sea, Jonas said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. So he tells them, listen, this is, this is what you need to do. You need to throw me overboard. Now, the sailors decide that that's not a good idea. They're, they're actually scared that if they throw this prophet of God overboard, that God's going to get even more upset with them. So they try to do it on their own. They're trying to fight the storm, and it's just not working. And so they finally get to verse number 15 in verse number 1, and it says this. It says, Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped 
at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a giant great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So this is part of the story that we all know and and, and are accustomed to. They throw Jonah overboard. And now Jonah has been swallowed up by this fish that God sends. Now, in, in Jonah 2, as we can kind of continue in the story, uh, Jonah in, in chapter 2 is actually inside the fish. The Bible records some of the things that, that Jonah prays while he's in the fish. So we're going to look at kind of Jonah's prayer as he's kind of in the middle of a very interesting uh, situation. And so let's look at Jonah 2. In Jonah 2, 1 and 2, it says this, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Now let's go ahead and jump to the very end of chapter 2, because this kind of finishes it up. There's more of of Jonah's prayer, and I invite you to look at that, because it's a very, it's a great prayer. But at the end of of chapter 2, we see kind of the end of this section. It says, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. So after Jonah has prayed these things, after really, he said kind of a a change, then we see something interesting in verse 10. It says, Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. So, again, Jonah has been in the fish three days and three nights. He's, he's kind of had a change in him, or we think he has in a lot of ways. And the Lord has this fish spit him out. So now he's, he's on the beach. And uh, now he's, he's in a, a kind of a, a smelly, uh, different place, obviously. So now let's continue on with the story as we move on to Jonah 3. In Jonah 3, this is what it says, starting with verse number 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Okay? So basically he says, we're going to let you kind of go again. Make sure you do it right this time. So let's continue on with verse number three. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. So, so obviously at this point, Jonah goes, and he begins to obey God, and God's um, message is, is preached to these people, and they begin to change. And then we also see in verse number 10, because of that change, because because of their, their repentance, we see this in verse 10. It says, when God saw that they had, what they had done and how they'd put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. So the people here, they, they hear Jonah's message, they respond to Jonah's message, and, and God relents from destroying the city. Now, you would think here that that would be kind of the end of the story, but we don't see the end of the story here, we see something a little bit more. And a lot of people aren't aware of of what takes place in the last chapter of Jonah, but we're going to look at it this morning, starting with Jonah 4. In Jonah 4, 1 through 3, we see something very interesting here. So, Obviously, at this point, the people have heard the message and they have stopped doing the evil things that they had been doing before. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. He became very angry. Jonah is upset that God has changed the plans. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. 
Now, we're not going to get into it, but, but in, in the, the last part of, of Jonah 4, we, we see God really kind of give Jonah an object lesson to kind of help him understand a little bit more about God's heart and his heart and, and all these things. But, but really, for what we're going to be talking about this morning, we're going to kind of going to stop here um, and, and, and move on to, to some of the things I think God has kind of laid on my heart when it comes to this story. Now, again, a lot of us know this story. A lot of us have heard this story. A lot of us... Um, have, have kind of grown up on this story. This is, this is a perfect flannel board story in a lot of ways. But I think there's some things here that maybe we haven't seen before. I think there's some things here that God wants to show us and some new revelation that he wants us to see that, that will help us today that I think is very important and very relevant to where we are today as, as, as people and as a church. And the first thing I want to talk about is this concept of the sin behind the sin. The sin behind the sin. Now let's look at Jonah 4, 1 through 3. Now before I get into this, I, I want to kind of remind you of something, and, and I remember this as well. I, as a kid, I remember hearing this story and being taught this story, and, and a lot of times as I've looked at this story, uh, when I was taught it, I was taught that the reason why Jonah didn't want to go to Tarshish was he was afraid. He was afraid. He was, he was afraid that people were going to laugh at him or people weren't going to listen to him. And I think that's, that may be a little bit correct, but I think there's something a little bit more. I think we actually know a little bit more about the situation that we find in Jonah here in chapter 4. And this is what it says. We just read it, but we're going to read it again. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. Let's stop there for a second. Jonah here is admitting the reason why he didn't do in the first place what God asked him to do was he was afraid, yes, but he wasn't necessarily afraid of the people's response. He was afraid that God was going to relent and not do what he wanted God to do. Why is he so angry here? He's so angry because he wants God to destroy these people. He wants God to wipe them out. Now, why? Well, here's the thing. The people of Nineveh, they were really, it was a capital city basically at the time of Assyria. And they were enemies of Israel. They would attack Israel and they were fighting constantly. And basically this, is the, this was the enemy in Jonah's mind. This was the bad guys in Jonah's mind. This was not a group of people that Jonah wanted good things to happen to. He wanted God to destroy them. He didn't want them to receive God's grace or God's mercy. He desired God to reach down and strike them and wipe them out. And now he's mad about it. He's mad that God would do that. Now let's continue. He says, I knew, he's speaking to God here, I knew you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Man, think about what he just said here. Jonah is basically saying, man, listen, if, if you're not going to wipe these people out, then I'd rather die. Now, when we talk about the sin behind the sin, now we've got to understand something. I believe that the sin that we see, of course, is the sin of disobedience. Okay? But that is a symptom of something deeper. Okay, a lot of times in the church and other things, we love to deal with the symptoms of sin, but we don't always like to deal with the root cause of sin. And so we think, well, if we can just do this kind of behavior modification, well, that'll be enough. Well, if I can just, you know, well, well we just got to deal with this. And so a lot of times what we do is we just say, well, if I can just stop being disobedient, then everything will be okay. The problem is, is that's just a symptom. That's not really the disease. And God, in his power and his knowledge, he doesn't just want to deal with your symptoms. He wants to deal with the disease that's in your heart. Okay, and Jonah here has the symptom of disobedience, but there's something bigger here. There's a sin behind a sin, and, and we need to understand that. Listen, Jonah displayed the symptoms of disobedience, but the disease that he suffered from was an impure heart. His heart was wrong. His heart, even though, this is interesting here, listen here, this is important you catch this. Jonah knew in his head who God was. He states that here. 
He states, listen, I know you are slow to anger. I know you're compassionate. I know you don't want to do this. Listen, it's one thing to understand who God is here. It's another thing to allow it to be in our hearts. And more importantly, to let that change our hearts. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are walking around that claim to know Jesus. And they know him here. But the knowledge hasn't penetrated here. Okay? And it's got to be here. It's got to be here. Listen, God is powerful. God is strong. God desires in you and in me to not just deal with the symptoms, not just heal the symptoms. He wants to heal the disease. He wants to change your heart. Listen, if, you, if you've been around me at all and you've heard some of the things that we've talked about here in the last year or so, we, we really have felt like God is wanting to change our hearts. Because listen, if God can change our hearts, our behavior will follow. If we're just trying to fix the behavior and our hearts aren't right, that's a problem. And God wants to do that. He wants to deal with the sin behind the sin. He wants to dig down deep. He wants to get down deep in your heart and and change things that need to be changed. Not because he's mad at you, not because he's angry at you, but because he knows that's where true freedom comes from. He knows that's where where true freedom in him comes from. Is not just behavior modification, but in a heart change. In a heart change. And that's great. And that's great. The second thing I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about the God behind the grace. The God behind the grace. Because really here, this this story is about Jonah, but also it's about God. And we need to look at this. So we're going to look at Jonah 3. In Jonah 3, chapters, uh, verses 1 through 2, it says this. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. Okay? Deliver the message I have given you. Also, let's jump now to Jonah 3. In Jonah 3.10, we see this. When God saw that they had, what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, speaking here of the, the people that live in Nineveh, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Listen, I want to talk a little bit about God here. Because a lot of times we have a wrong understanding of who God is. Okay? But here we see something very interesting and very clear. What does God do first and foremost? I'm going to make foremost, but first to Jonah. He speaks to him a second time. What does that mean? It means God is giving Jonah a second chance. God could have, have sent the storm. The ship could have capsized. It could have been gone. And that would have been it. God could have looked at Jonah and said, you know what? I asked you to do something, you disobeyed, and not only did you disobey, but your heart is wrong, it's ugly, it's disgusting, you're out, man. You you had your chance, but we don't see that. God gives him a second chance. And now, now also, let's look at what he does to the the people of Nineveh. Listen, you need to understand something about these people. These were some bad, evil people. In some other of the translations I was looking at as I was putting this together, um, it basically says that in the first part of Jonah that the people are so evil in Nineveh that it literally gets God's attention. It's like God is kind of like literally going, oh my goodness, look, these people are bad. I mean, that's, that's bad when God basically is noticing how horribly bad you are. And yet here in this story, when they're offered... Uh, 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 the opportunity to, to, for, to be forgiven, they, they take the opportunity to repent. Basically, God allows that. He doesn't destroy them. He is amazing here. We, we, a lot of times we think of God as just this angry God that's just out to almost get us, but that's not who God is at all. God loves to do this. He loves to give second chances. The scripture talks about how God wishes that none should perish and that all would come to repentance. Listen, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know, you know, you may be sitting there and going, oh man, well, but Aaron, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I am. You don't know the the things that I've done that I've hurt people. Listen, here's the thing that I know. There is no one that is too far away from God that God can't reach down and grab you and extend grace and mercy and love to you. There's nothing you have done. There's nothing you'll ever do that will put you too far away from the reach of God and his grace. Nothing. 
Nothing. You need to take that idea of, of, I've gone too far, I've done too many bad things, and you need to put it in the trash where it belongs. God can still reach you. God still loves you. God still has a plan for you. God, as we talked about last week, still has a dream for your life. But what we see here is God's grace reaching out, second chances. And here's what's great about God. Listen, and I know this because this has happened in my life. God's not just the God of second chances. He's the God of third chances and fourth chances and fifth. He just goes on and on and on and forgives over and over and over because he loves us so much. So listen, it's so easy here to misunderstand who God is and the grace and the mercy that he's extending to you and to me. But we've got to understand that. So listen, you need to understand who God is this morning. And God is a God of love. He's a God of compassion. It's not in the notes, but I don't think Jonah nailed it on the head. And I'm going to read again what Jonah says about God. He says, I knew in verse number 2 of chapter 4, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Listen, God is eager for you. God is eager to bring you forgiveness and grace and love and mercy. A lot of times we forget that. A lot of times we live with this concept that God is just angry at me. And listen, God loves you. God is a God of love and he has a plan for you. If you'll just accept that. The next thing, the next thing, is I want to talk about the faithfulness behind the fish. The faithfulness behind the fish. We're going to look at two, two portions, of, portions of scripture here. Jonah 1, 4 is first. It says this, But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the seas, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. And now also let's skip now to Jonah 1.17. It says this, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, there's something that's similar about both of these things. Did you catch it? It's simple. God sends the storm, and God sends the fish. Now, here's the thing with that. Sometimes we have this thought that, like, you know, something that bad happens to us, and, and, and we, 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 especially Christians, you know, well, oh, the enemy, we're under attack, and all those things. And listen, that may be true, but sometimes God is the one that sends the storms, and sometimes God sends the fish. And sometimes we can misunderstand that. Sometimes we can look at that, oh, God's punishing me, or God's, God's mad at me, or, or God, why, God, why, God, why? But here's the thing. There is faithfulness in those things. There is something amazing that God is doing. And sometimes we need to understand that sometimes God will send a storm to get us to realize we're going in the wrong direction, or a fish to help save our lives. Listen, you need to understand something. God loves you so much that, listen, when you're going the wrong direction, God is going to send things in your path to try to get your attention. Why? Because he loves you. Because he knows the road sometimes that we will walk on, that we choose, are going to lead to death and destruction. And so God has no problem saying, hey, listen, to get you to do what I need you to do, to help you to go to the places and experience me and do the things I need you to do, I'll send those storms in your life. And I know that's hard. I know that's difficult. But sometimes we need to embrace those storms and realize, wait a minute. I might be going to Tarshish when I really need to be going to Nineveh. And that's a great thing. That shows God's love and his faithfulness. And then the other thing is, is sometimes God will send a great fish to swallow us, to help us understand that, you know what, this this is really saving our life. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. If the storm had come and they'd thrown Jonah overboard, what would happen to Jonah? Why were the sailors so afraid to throw him overboard in the first place? Because they knew if they threw him overboard, he was going to die. He was going to die. God sends a fish to spare Jonah's 
life. Now listen, I am, I am sure that it was not fun in that fish. I am sure it was smelly and gross and not, I, 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 that is not a fun place. I'm not trying to hear to tell you that the storms of life or, or being swallowed by the fish in our lives is a fun place. It isn't. But you know what? Sometimes why God is doing that is really saving us from something much greater than being in that fish. There is a faithfulness and a love. And I love that we see here in the scripture that God is the one that sends these things. God is the one who does these things to help Jonah understand. To help Jonah understand that he's going the wrong direction. And listen, here's the thing we need to also understand. If God had allowed Jonah to die, what would have happened to Nineveh? Sometimes... We, we get so self-absorbed and we forget that God wants to use us to do great and mighty things that are going to affect a lot of people. And sometimes it's hard because we're, we're in that place. We're in the belly of the fish, as it were, and it's difficult and it's hard. And sometimes when we're in those moments, we need to understand we're not just there for us. We may be there for a lot of people that need to hear about Jesus. Listen, in a lot of ways, I know this is a weird way to kind of bring this about. You know, we, we just have had this new uh, order that the governor's put out as far as us. Many of us need to stay home, and, and we're thankful that we could still be here to, to, uh, to do this this morning. And, um, but, but a lot of people are staying home. A lot of people, if, if this makes sense, we're, we're kind of, as, as a community, as, as a group of people, we're, we're kind of quarantined in some ways in, in, in a fish. And, and I don't know about you, it's, it's not been easy. You know, it's, it's been hard. But, but here's the thing. I believe that maybe God is doing that for a reason and a purpose that, that is more than just about us. It may be about the Ninevehs in our lives that God is preparing us to go and minister to. Preparing us to go and make a difference at. Listen, don't waste this time. You know, in a lot of ways in chapter 2, and like I said, I would invite you to go read Jonah 2 when you have time. The, the, the prayer of Jonah needs to be the prayer of us during this moment where we're saying, hey, you know what? I'll do what you've asked. I'll, I'll, I'll learn about who you are, and I'll take this time as an opportunity to prepare myself because I believe that God is going to send us, is now and sending us in the future to Nineveh's in our world. And sometimes we need to understand that it's not just about us. But it's about what God is wanting to do through us. And then the final one. The final one I want to talk about this morning is this idea of the message behind the mission. The message behind the mission. Let's look at Jonah 3. In Jonah 3, starting with verse number 5, it says this. Okay, this is obviously after um, Jonah has gone and, and told them that God's going to destroy the, the city and they, they need to, to change. And this is what it says. The people of Nineveh, Believe God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Now, just, just so you understand, because a lot of people may be going, what, what, why would he do that? That, that was a sign of, 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 of repentance. It was a sign of humbleness. It was a sign of mourning, basically, uh, to do that. And so that's kind of why they, they did that and why the king did that. It says, and now we continue with verse number seven. It says, then the king and all his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Stop all their violence. You know what's interesting about this is as we look at what the message really was, the message behind the mission is repentance. Now, look, I, I know that repentance isn't a real popular word, but I want you to understand really what it means. Repentance is not just being sorry for what you've done. Repentance 
is more than that. Repentance is exactly what we see here. It's changing your behavior. And that's not real popular. And, and, and I'll be honest with you. Sometimes the church really messes this up. We, when I was younger and I was a kid, it was, it was like repentance was, was almost like a scary thing. It was like, you've got to repent. You've got you've to change. And, and, and if you don't, you know, some really bad things are going to happen. And, and I remember growing up and, and almost, really almost being afraid of God. Afraid of what he was going to do to me if I screwed up or if I messed up. And, and then as I kind of got older, we, we kind of saw a change in that. And we, we kind of saw a change in the church of, of, of God is love. And, 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 and almost and hearing certain people basically say, oh, well, I would never believe in a God that, that would, would judge. Or, or a God that, 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 is, that, that, that doesn't always just produce mercy and love. Listen, God is love. We see that. We know that. But God is also a God of justice. He's a God that says, listen, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He basically says, listen, you need to repent. You need to understand that, listen, the way you're going is going to lead to destruction and death. But God has given all of us a lifeline. He's basically said, listen, if you will repent, if you will say not only that you're sorry, but change, then God will forgive us, love us, welcome us into his family, and we can experience all the peace, love, and joy that God has for us. But listen, we've got to understand that. Jonah didn't just go to Nineveh and say, hey, listen, guys, man, God just loves you. And, and man, he just loves you to death. And he thinks you're great. And all this. Listen, God did love them. But Jonah's message was one that you, it's time to change your heart. And what's so interesting about that is Jonah needed a change, too. I mean, we go back to our first point when we really look at Jonah's heart. Jonah needed his heart changed too. Really, if you really break it down and you really kind of move all the fish away and the storm away and in some ways even the flannel board away, what is this story really about? This story is really about God's desire to change our hearts. God's desire to take who we are and basically changes from the inside out. Whether we're like Jonah, and maybe we've known God for a long time, or maybe we're like the people in Nineveh who really don't know who God is. God is merciful, and God is forgiving, and God is loving. God is a God of second chances. And he wants to extend that, not only to the people of Nineveh, but also to the people who are like Jonah who maybe their hearts aren't quite where they need to be. I'm going to invite John to come on up at this time. He's going to play quietly. And we're going to kind of bring this to a close. But the message behind the mission is repentance. It's repentance. It's it's understanding that, you know what? We all need Jesus. And... Sometimes that's hard. You know, maybe your life's going along just fine, you know. Maybe maybe this whole thing hasn't affected you like it's affected others. But here's the thing. We all need Jesus. We were created to need him. That's, that's, That's not a defect. That's not something that's wrong with you. You were created by God to need him. And a lot of times, people deal with, with, with this emptiness inside of them, and they can't figure out how to fill it. They don't have the peace that, that they desire. They don't have the purpose that they long for. Because in kind of a weird way, to kind of quote an old song, they're kind of looking for love in all the wrong places. The place is found in Jesus and His grace mercy and forgiveness and and here's the thing here's the thing whether you're Jonah whether you're like the king of of the, the city of Nineveh you haven't gone too far you haven't gone too far 
God can still reach down. God still desires to reach down. I think that's important that we catch this. It makes complete sense that we as human beings would reach out to God and say, God, I need you. God, I'm, I'm broken. I need you to come fix me. That makes sense. But what is amazing is that God wants that even more than you do. God desires that. God longs for that. Listen, you need to understand that. God desires you. God is looking for you. God wants you to come home. And there is more than enough forgiveness and grace and love for you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, God wants to heal you and God wants to bring you home if you'll just let him. But something is important here. And again, this isn't in your notes. But I think it's important that we catch this. And we're going to go back to to Jonah 3. In Jonah 3, 6, this is what it says. We just read it, but we're going to read it again. It says, When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. You know, in in kind of a weird way, there's a throne in all of our hearts. The question is not the throne. The question is who's sitting on your throne. That's the question we all have to ask. For some of us, it's, it's us. You know, we, we're sitting on our own throne. For others, it's, it's, it's maybe our security blanket, whatever that is. Maybe it's, it's, it's our, our financial situation or, or maybe it's our job. Or, or It could be tons and tons of things. But you first need to ask yourself this question. Who's sitting on the throne of your heart? Who's sitting on your throne? Because here's interesting to me. In a lot of ways... God wasn't necessarily sitting on Jonah's throne either. I think what was sitting on Jonah's throne was what Jonah wanted. What Jonah thought was right. What Jonah desired God to do. So it's no matter who we are, no matter if we have never understood who Jesus is, or, or maybe we have and, and we, we've known Jesus for a long time, I think this is a question that's always good for us to ask ourselves. Who today is sitting on the throne of our hearts? Because here's the deal. If it's not God, we got some issues. And I don't mean that as like a negative, I'm throwing rocks at you. It means that we need to understand that the things are out of order in our hearts. Because who... The only person that belongs on the throne of your heart is God. The only person. It's it's not the causes that that you you love, even though that's great. It's not another person or a human being. It's not even people that are great people. Maybe your husband or your wife or your kids. Listen, it's got to be God. That is who that throne was made for. And until you get things back in order, things are going to be hard. They're going to be difficult. The Bible tells us that if we can first and foremost let God be in his place, all these other things will be taken care of. The problem is, is for so many of us, everything's out of order. And I believe that this morning, God desires for us to get off of our thrones or to remove whatever we've placed there and let him take his rightful spot. So I got a couple things I want to ask you before we close. First, maybe you're like the Ninevites. Maybe you've been kind of doing your own thing and, and you've been kind of living your own life and you've been kind of going on. Maybe things are hard, maybe things aren't, you know, who knows. But, but the bottom line is, is you are headed towards destruction and you may not even know it. It's not like the Ninevites were aware of what was going on. But here's the deal. Scripture's pretty clear. If we don't change, if we don't accept Jesus, who he says himself, he is the only way to the Father, we're going to spend eternity without him. And that is not what God has for you. And listen, that is not what God desires for you. 
God eagerly wants you to come home. And in this story, if this will make sense, my job is kind of to be Jonah. I'm the one that says, listen, listen. You need to understand something. It's, it's, it's repentance. It's getting down and saying, God, you know what? I'm sorry. God, I've messed up. I need you. And what's so amazing about that is if we'll do that, we can know because scripture tells us that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to welcome us into his family. He'll adopt us in. You'll become a son or a daughter of God. And that's awesome. And it'll change everything and work in your life and bring you the peace and the joy and the purpose that you are longing for, that you need, even if you don't even know you need it. That's available to you this morning. In this moment, God is reaching out and he's saying, come home. And maybe for some of us, we're more like Jonah. Maybe maybe we've known God for a long time. Maybe we've experienced him on a lot of levels. Maybe we've even been used in powerful ways like Jonah had been. This was not the first uh, reference that we have of Jonah. Jonah had been used as a prophet before in scripture and it was a good prophet. But Jonah got his heart wrong. Jonah forgot who should be on the throne of his life. And he began to think that he knew better and he understood better. And he thought, hey, I, I know who, how, how this grace thing should work, God, and, and you shouldn't offer it to them. They're too bad. They're too horrible. They, they don't deserve it. And unfortunately, as I look at our world, as I look at kind of Christendom as a whole, there's a lot of Jonas out there. There's a lot of Jonas who've made up their mind that that person is too far gone or that person hasn't, hasn't done enough or, or God wouldn't change them or God wouldn't do that in them. And listen, that's a heart issue that God wants to change in you and in me because I think sometimes we're all there. Maybe it's people that have hurt you and you don't want God to forgive them. You don't want God to bring them grace. You want God to, to strike them dead almost. And listen, if that's you... God wants to change your heart. He doesn't just want to change the symptoms. He wants to change the disease and work deep inside of you if you'll let him. In Jonah chapter 4, we see this, this, this illustration where God begins to work on Jonah's life. I love that even at the end of the story, God hasn't given up on Jonah. God hasn't been basically like, you know what, dude, seriously? You want to die because I'm willing to save all these people? Come on, man, I, I can't work with this anymore. God doesn't do that. God sends a worm and a plant and, and begins to, to really give Jonah this object lesson. Why? Because God loves Jonah too. And God wants Jonah to be changed too. So no matter where you are, no matter if you're a person like the Ninevites who need to, to get off your throne and let God on, or maybe if you're like Jonah, and, and the same thing, we need to get, get our preconceived ideas or, our, or what we want or what we desire off the throne and let God, we're all in the same boat. We need God to sit on the throne of our lives. And when that happens, everything changes. Because when we get it in the right order, when we get it in the right order, God changes us inside out. So here's what we're going to do. We're kind of learning this whole new system with this online thing and, and here in just a moment there's going to be a, a little box I think that's going to pop up on your screen and it's basically going to ask you if you want to accept Jesus. So let, let, let me tell you what that means in, in kind of what we were talking about this morning. That means that you want to get off the throne of your life or get off whatever is there and let God come and sit in his rightful spot. It basically means that you've understood, you know what? I need to repent. I need to let God forgive me and change me. And if that's you, hit that button. Hit that button. There's going to be people that want to pray with you and connect with you and help you. This is an awesome opportunity. And listen, I know for, for the rest of us, there's not going to be a little button. Maybe if, it's, if we're in the Jonah boat, okay? There won't be a button that you can click. But you know what? You know if that's you. And right there in your home, as I pray, you can pray. 
that God would begin to rearrange things in your heart again. That God would begin to forgive you for how you've let your heart become not what God wants it to be, but knowing, knowing that God desires to change you too. So no matter where you're at this morning, whether you're, you're in a position of, of the Ninevites or somebody like Jonah, you can respond and you can let God through his Holy Spirit change us from the inside out. So I'm gonna pray with you and for you. And like I said, if that's you, click that button or if you're in the place of Jonah, pray with me that God will change you and my heart as well. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together in this way. God, this isn't, this isn't my favorite way of meeting. I, I miss everybody. I, I miss seeing them and, and hugging them and being around them. But Father, this is where we are for this moment. And God, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to connect this way. And God, you are not confined by this. You are not going, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? God, you're going to use this time for your glory and so that people will come to know you. And so God, if there are individuals right now that are, that are seeing this, God, I pray, and, and you're working in their heart and you're saying, you know what, that's you. God, I pray they'd hit that button. God, I pray that they would say, you know what? It's time. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of living a life that, that doesn't have peace, that doesn't have joy. Or, or when I do have those things, it, they're fleeting and they're not lasting. And then I have to go try to find something else to fill me up. Father, I pray right now that they would understand that, God, you're the only thing that can sit on the throne of their lives that is going to fulfill them, that is going to be, because, because that's what that was created for. It was only created for you. When so many of us try to find something else to put there, but it'll never work. It's only you. And God, for some of us that are maybe more like Jonah, maybe the cares of life, maybe the things we've dealt with, maybe hurt that we've experienced, maybe just cynical thoughts and attitudes, whatever it is, Father, we have, we have allowed our hearts to become impure. We have forgotten what a great God you are. We have forgotten the grace and the forgiveness that you have extended to us and instead become judgmental and angry and bitter. And we've forgotten that God, you wished, you wished none should perish and that all would come to repentance. And Father, what's amazing is you want to use us to bring that message to people. And God, right now, with there being so many people who are scared, who are confused, who don't know what tomorrow will hold, God, you need all the Jonas you can get. But Father, I pray and I believe that you want Jonas with pure hearts that'll not only go to Nineveh, and preach and share a message of love and repentance. But God, when you save and when you move and when you do amazing things that we will not go off out of the city and complain and get upset and be silly, but instead we'll stay in Nineveh and rejoice of what you have done. We'll take what we know about your forgiveness, grace, mercy, you're slow to anger, all of those things, and we'll let them change and penetrate our hearts. That's what we need, Jesus. So will you do that in us? Will you change us too? Because God, there's a lot of us that once again need your forgiveness to touch our hearts as we get off of our throne, off of our spiritual high horse, we allow you to change us again. Father, we know you're, I know you're working in the hearts and the lives of people right now. And God, I thank you for it. I thank you that through your Holy Spirit, lives are being changed. Father, you're so good. You're so good. And God, we thank you that you will always, always forgive. You'll always reach out. 
All we have to do is grab a hold of that hand. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So listen, no matter where you're at this morning, God loves you. God has a plan for you. You don't have to be afraid. God's got you, and he's not going to let go. You know, you know what? There may be storms. There may be fish. But God is faithful. God has always been faithful. You know what? Sometimes I'll hear this song or I'll hear somebody say, you know what? God has never failed me yet. And I remember hearing that song and, and, and looking at it and go, what do you mean God hasn't failed me yet? God hasn't done this or God hasn't done that or God hasn't brought this to me or done this. You know what's interesting in that moment? You know what I realized? I was just like Jonah. I was just like Jonah. I thought I knew better than God. But the truth is, even though sometimes we don't understand God's ways, even though sometimes we don't understand the, the whale or the fish or the viruses or the storms, God is still faithful. He's still faithful because that is who he is. You can trust that and know that. And listen, I love you. I miss all of you terribly. We're gonna keep the, um, the little chat thing open. I know a lot of us really enjoy just being able to just communicate with each other as a group and, and kind of send encouraging messages and saying hi. And so we're gonna keep that open for another 15 or so minutes after the service is over. I encourage you, take some time just to say hi. And if you need something, anything, man, we are here. We wanna serve you and help you in any way that we can. Listen, if you go, hey, I'm cool, but, but my neighbor needs something. Hey, let us know, we can help you. We can be a part of, of ministering to people in whatever way we can. Listen, I know things are kind of tied down here, but God is not limited by that. God is creative and he'll help us be creative to find a way. So don't, don't not ask just because you don't see how. God will make a way where there is no way. He, he's really, really good at that. And we as his people, with his help, can be that way too. So listen, I love you miss you. Hope that you have a wonderful week. Again, if you need anything, please let us know. I'm going to pray over you as we go, and then and then uh, we'll let you chat for a while. Father, we love you, and we thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. And Father, I pray that you would just be with every individual, Father, in our family, and maybe those that, that aren't a part of our family that may be watching this. God, I pray that you would just bless them. That, Father, you would protect them. That, God, that you would put your angels around them and keep them safe. And that, Father, you would use them during this time. Help them to know that you have a plan for them in this moment and in this time. And, God, you are still on the throne. You've got this and you've got us. We love you and we thank you.